I'm going to talk about work, work, work. Say work. Work. Uh, we all have been in this amazing series, Living Like Never Before. And today we're going to finish it. And we have the last area of life. It's our work life. And I'm not sure if that's a topic of love, work. Yeah, I'm excited. Some people, they're excited about work. Some people, they wish they would have work. Some people want to have a different work. I don't know where you are, but I do know that we spend a lot of time doing work. Amen. <laughs> Actually, around 40% of our lifetime is work. Okay. And around 150,000 hours of work is we have around so and the last two I'm not sure if they really apply to Switzerland they are from uh, from other countries the stats but the important thing is hey we spend a lot of time doing work and God is interested in our work so because he's interested in our life so if you are called to be an ambassador for God, guess what? It has plays a role in your work. Because 40% of your life is being spent working somewhere, doing something. Maybe for money, maybe not for money. You know, some people, I have to just remind when I talk about work today, so don't just think about the work that you get paid for. There are mothers, they don't get paid for, but they do good work. Amen? Fathers as well. <laughs> Come on, that's it. So, we want to talk about work. And ask the question, how can we become more like Jesus in our work? You know, they, as a Christian, I really believe we can't afford to say it's just work. Oh, Monday, just work. You know, Sundays, yeah, but Monday, just work. That's not how God sees it. He made us to do work. He made us to work. Actually, we read in Exodus 34, um, 21, it says six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. When, you know, laziness in the Bible is never in the context of good. <laughs> Laziness is not great. Working hard is great. Now, hear me right. Resting is great too. But I want to today look at work. Work it's not just work. And before we go into the whole thing about, so um, how can we then become more like Jesus doing work? I think we need to get the theology right. Because I think in our society, we sometimes get it wrong. And preparing that message really, I was really got convicted again. So I ask you online here upstairs to just say, God, speak to me. Give me a fresh perspective on work. Why don't you do that right now? God, give me a fresh perspective on work. God, we want to open up our lives for all you have. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak right now. 
us. Amen. So, when we read in the Bible, you shall work six days. It's, the Hebrew word is avodah. And it has three different meanings. One meaning is, you know, you can guess, is work. The other meaning, actually, is worship. And the third meaning is serving. In our society, in our worldview, we often look at those three things as three different things. On Sunday, I worship, right? I go to church, I worship, but during the week, I work. But then, don't forget, on Tuesday, help out in the elderly home, serve some people. But that's not how God sees it. He doesn't see it like the three different things. There's one word for it, avodah, and it's like, it's one. And he says, you know what? Work is a part of it, but it's also worship, and it's also serving, and they all are intertwined. They all are intertwined. You can't just separate them. This is work, this is worship. No, work should be worship. Worship should be serving. Serving should be working. Can you see it? You know, the, our, our, um, in, in the Catholic, we, in, in the Catholic uh, history, church history, we very much heard this, like this is the, the holy thing and this is the, the worldly thing. There is worldly jobs and holy jobs. But it's actually not how all the church, in all church history, it was seen like that. And one of the great theologians, and he, was, uh, he, he wrote it like this. He said, the main purpose of our life is to serve God. Worship. By serving people, ministry, serving, through the work of our calling, work. So we actually honor, worship God when we work hard and our work is serving people. So let me, let me, let me break that down. All right, a friend of mine, he used to be a youth pastor and he got, he felt like God called him to a different area of work and started an advertising company. And he wanted to do that saying, I'm going to work hard in the world to produce a lot of money for God and to tell people about Jesus. Now, maybe you also go to work for that and you think this is admirable that you want to just go to work to bring money to the kingdom and to talk about Jesus. But then he got frustrated because he said, like, after three years, yes, I spend more money, I, I donate more money, but like one person accepted Jesus in, in those three years. Is that all about work? And then he studied all these things and he realized, hold on, just doing a great job and serving people is worship. I'm doing a great job. So he started to realize, if I design toothpaste that are so good looking that everybody in the, in the evening wants to brush their teeth and have better teeth and have to go to the dentist less, it's serving people and it honors God. Can you, can you see that? It's powerful. 
So the question is, is your work serving people and do you do it to honor God? On the other side, he said, another guy came up to him in the beginning of the corona pan pandemic and he said, let's do some business with the masks. You know, you maybe heard in the newspapers, a lot of people, they ordered a lot of masks and then sold it for extre extreme prices and made a lot of money on our crisis, on the back of our pandemic. And he says, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to play any part in this because my work needs to serve people. And if it doesn't serve people, I'm not going to do it. And he lost maybe job. He lost money because of his real work is more than just work. In Ephesians 6 verse 7, it says, serve wholeheartedly as you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one of, for, one of, for whatever God good they do, whether they are slaves or free. So it says, work wholeheartedly, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. You know, you think like, oh, hold on, you say he's serving the people. Yes, we do all for the glory of God. But it says, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do. Is your job doing good? Do it for God. So we got the theology right, all right? Good? It's important. When we now go into it, so how can we now represent God through our work? Is our, and as, when, when work is worship and it's serving people. So we're going to dig deep in that. And maybe if you have something to write down, I have three points. And you can write them down. They're big titles. I know they're not easy, but uh, they're good. <laughs> Are you good, guys? Come on. All right, first one. Say first. Faith in God gives you identity so that work does not destroy you. When we want to become more like Jesus in our work, we need to know that our identity is not in our work. Because otherwise, if we lose work, guess what? We lose our identity. So in our society, especially in the Western world, so I'm like this, what's your name? Raphael, what do you work? <laughs> Second question, right? Oh, Raphael, what do you work? You are what you do. The question is, what if you don't do anymore this? What if I was talking this morning about some, with somebody who said he was a teacher, very respected. Then he had a burnout and he realized, who I am, am I now? Who am I now? Am I just a teacher? Am I just a cleaner? Am I just a doctor? No. As a Christian, we know. We are a child of God, gifted, called for good works that he prepared for us in advance. This is what we are. We are a child of God. We are extremely valuable. Not because our paycheck is great, because God has said, you are great. This is important, guys. So I want to just remind, maybe you, you, you do a job and you, this job defines you in a negative way. You're like, I'm, I'm just this. And you think less of yourself because of your job. Let me tell you, you are not just this. You're much more. You're a child of God. Maybe you're here and you define yourself by your job and it made you feel good. And I'll tell you, this is not just who you are. 
you are a child of God like the person to the left and to the right of you. And I want to challenge us to have a fresh perspective on our work. You know, because we know we are a child of God, this should change the way we work. Because we represent not just us. Here it says in Colossians 3, 17, and whatever you do or say, work, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So my question is, how well do you represent God in your work? You know, how do you represent him? We all, be, I believe because we represent him, we want to do the best job. We want to do extraordinary job. We go the extra miles because, and I think sometimes I'm like so frustrated when I hear about people that say, I believe in Jesus, but they do slacky work. They treat the boss bad. They treat the workers bad. They treat the customers bad. They don't do nice job. They cut corners. Hey, we represent God in everything we do. <laughs> you know, even the little things, because we know we are not just our job. We can do anything with great enthusiasm. In Colossians 3, 23, it says, whatever you do, work it with all your heart. So whatever you do, if you're cleaning, work with all your heart. If you're a doctor, work with all your heart. This is our mandate. And I want to get Danny up. Why don't we give Danny a big hand? Hello. You know Danny. You know Danny. He's one of our community. Hello, and, guys. Uh, Hello. Uh, he was just telling me how get to know, getting to know Jesus changed the way he works and um, what are you working i work in in a gastro in in kitchen in production that's awesome last year yeah. you surrendered your life to jesus yes you got baptized here yes how did it change the way you work everything tell me i was <laughs> i was um first of all in in gastro it's really uh, it's a really stressful work because you have to deal with time and also with customers and before I surrendered to God, I was really nervous and I was treating customers bad. I was treating co-workers bad. I was um, in a high position and I was just like treating my workers really bad. And since I surrendered to God and I got baptized, um, I feel the Holy Spirit changed me. I treat people very well. I treat people with respect. I treat people with um, like the Lord is next to me watching, just like you said in Colossians 3. 23 that I work for the Lord not just for man and I try to honor God in every aspect of my life that's amazing thank you so much for sharing Danny that's awesome whatever we do whatever we do so faith in God gives us identity so that work doesn't destroy us you know I do believe actually that work Often if our job is difficult, God is shaping our character to become more like him, to represent him better. So the next time stuff is difficult, think about, hey, now I have, now my character is tested. Now I can represent him well. Because the world is watching when things get tough. How does a Christian act now? 
That's when they were looking. That's when they, you know, last time I was, I was uh, at ladies' lounge and like the staff at church, you know, like it's great to work at church. Sometimes it's easy work. Sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes it's great work. Sometimes it's little work that nobody sees. And I was doing little work that I, you know, wasn't even like, like I was preparing decoration. Yes. For the table. So like some, some like put some vases on like some and then had to put stickers on the bottom of those things for hours. And I would think like, why am I doing this? But because I know I'm not just what I'm do, I can do what I do with excellence. Amen. Because this represents God well. If I do a slacky job in these things, in God's eyes, it's slacky. It's it's not, oh, you're just slacky there is easy as long as you're good at preaching. No! If you're slacky there, it means to God something. And we need to change the way we look at work. Second point, faith shows you the dignity in every kind of work so that work doesn't bore you. So when we read in Psalm 146, Verse 7, he upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. He says, Amen. The Lord gives food to the hungry. How does he give food to the hungry? How? Through the farmers, sow the seeds. Through the car drivers, the truck drivers who bring the food to the stores. Through the people at the count who sell them or give them away. That's how he gives food, through the ordinary jobs. So there is dignity in every kind of job. Even in the little things that maybe in our society, they don't get rewarded, we get big paychecks, but in God's eyes, they're not little jobs. If they're serving people, they are great jobs. The question is, is it serving people, his humanity? And I think we really need to shift dramatically how we act and deal with these kind of things. We represent jobs that get paid a lot. These are great jobs. And pay, jobs that paid little, are you just doing this job? If it's helping people, it's great. You know, if you are a person who gets up and drives food around in, so we have food in the morning, God says, well done. If you're somebody, a cleaner, who cleans a toilet so that in the morning the business has again clean toilets, that's a great job. And I do believe that we need to put more dignity and more value on all kinds of jobs. So I want to ask here, I want to just maybe say thank you to some people. Is there anybody here in hospitality beside Danny? Working in hospitality. Gabriel, what are you working? What are you doing? What? Hotel and restaurant. And you serving food? Yes. Thank you for serving food. Here's coffee. Wait, you need to invite somebody else. So is there anybody, a mother or a father who most of the time looks after children? Here. Amazing, amazing. What's your name? Lily. And how many children do you have? Just one. Just one and you, 
thank you so much for looking after that one child, really. Is there anybody here in building or electricity or uh, customer service? Huh? In, 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 another, in cleaning, in, uh, maybe in a uh, in hairdresser. I want to say that the hairdresser, thank you so much for cutting hair. No, I'm serious. With me, you have an easy job. Let's value people. I want to finish that point with a quote from Martin Luther King and, you know, preparing that message. I realized, you know, uh, he was actually preaching a lot about work because it's so relevant for our society. And one quote was that he said, whatever your life's work is, do it well even if it does not fall into the category of one so-called big professions. Do it well. If it falls to your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, like Shakespeare wrote poetry, like Beethoven composed music, sweep streets so well that all of hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here live the great street sweepers. How good is that? That's the way we want to do work. Amen? So I want to finish with the third point. Faith in God gives us a moral compass so that your life does not become corrupt. What is our moral compass? In 1 Corinthians 16 verse 14, it says, do everything in love. The moral compass is love. Is it for the good of people? Does it serve people? Does it serve humanity? Is it right? Is it trustful? Is it truthful? Is it good? Is it honorable in the eyes of God? That's our moral compass. But I tell you what, it's challenging. Because in our society, profit is the main goal and the goal of profit justifies all the means. You can go, you know, over dead bodies. As long as you have profit, you can, as a CEO, you dismiss fire people so that the end of year accounts are better there for the stockholders. You can be a worker who says, you know what, I'm calling sick because I have some stuff to do. Maybe we are, as a pastor, we, we change the numbers, the figures, so we look better in the eyes of other pastors. Maybe your friend and you see a friend of yours doing crooked business, but you close your eyes because you don't want to jeopardize the relationship. Let's, have, let's be people that in our work, we have a moral compass. Because we want to honor God in everything we do. And that sometimes can mean that we, it pays, it costs you something. It might cost you something, but in the eyes of God, it's very valuable. 
And we have to be really switched on because our society tells us differently th different things. And our compass as a Christian is different. Our work ethic is different. We are the ones who should stand out like Joseph. You know, even if we are mistreated, we stay honorable. You know, as long as we have signed that contract, we give our best. Yes, there might come the day where we quit. But as long as we have not quit, we give our best. That doesn't, you know, a lot of the words in the Bible, they were speaking to slaves. So this was actually encouraging for me in my apprenticeship. I had a really bad boss. And I said, I don't have to do good work because I have a good boss. I have to do good work because I do it for God. You know, I want to finish with a personal story from my great-grandfather. In the First World War, he was a businessman. Embroidery made like material. And he heard that the army, Swiss army, they had, they were freezing in the winter and they didn't have enough clothes. He went to Bern to the Bundesrat and said, hey, can I help? And then he heard about that, you know what? He heard that they have a bigger problem. It's like, you know, I was reading a story and I got reminded about the crisis we have now. And they said, we have a bigger problem. We don't have enough potato seeds and we're running the risk of having not enough food in Switzerland. It was real because the Germans who had seeds, they wouldn't deliver them to Switzerland because that it's war, everybody needs to look after themselves. And then he said, you know what? Can I help? I have some connections. And he went to the Bundesrat and because of good reputation of his great grandfather, they said, you know, we know what kind of family you are. We're gonna give you the permission to trade in the name of Switzerland with Germany and Italy and he said not even nobody before had so many like so many rights so many um, power and he said you know sometimes extraordinary t extraordinary times need extraordinary measures so he went to Germany and he said let's let's can we do business I can organize stuff in Italy for you and but you give us potato seed and he says no 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 we're not gonna do that and then he prayed and said God now I got so much co competency but why is it not working? I want to do something good for you. And he said, if you want to do something good for me, don't take any money off that business. Just as much so you can cover your costs. And he said, all right, I'm going to do this. The next time he went to Germany, they said, all right, we do business with you. And for many years, trains would drive from Italy to Germany and then from Germany to Switzerland. And all the industrial straits went through the company of my great-grandfather and then the paper wrote the following, one man with presence of mind saved Switzerland from impending famine in the winter of 1914. And it says, it concludes that another person with such power, but without the ethical cleanness of Jakob Winsler, would have not, would have done immeasurable damage to the nation of, as a whole.
He had defied many attempts of bribery. He had turned down all the representatives of foreign states, one after the other who tried to win him over with gifts and tempting contracts. He could have easily have become one of the richest men in Switzerland at that time had he not added to his alert and superior intelligence what was important and decisive, the human heart, the stronghold of a clean worldview matured in true Christianity. You know, I pray the more of us would receive would be put into positions of power, but have a moral compass that is so straight so that we serve people and honor God. I, I believe there are people here and God gives you maybe influence far more than you can imagine, but He asks you, are you gonna do it according to the world's standards or to my standards? And if you say, we want to do it according to God's standard, you're going to be a blessing to so many people, so many people. And this honors God. It's worship. And I want to ask you, hey, and you know, this might be big, but this is start small. In whatever you can do that, you realize I can do something. Do it. Do it to the best you can. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship they, that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye